Hello, we have an interview I cannot wait to share because she's actually in the future. All right, there's Maddie. Sunday. Uh, today we have a baton you're going to do. We're having a guest interview and these are always so much fun. So let me just give them a minute to pop on. Happy to see everyone here. Please let me know where you are tuning in from. Love to hear where everyone is from. I'm in New York City myself uh, right now. That's where I live. Oh, let's see. Okay, Tanya is requesting to join in. Let me add. Hello. Oh, good. I know. I love it because Mel's in the future and I just saw her pop on. Oh, perfect. I didn't so. see it, but she may oh, maybe she did request. West. like she like just popped on so it might not have like registered you know how yeah. there's like a delay yeah hang on I think I got it so everyone feel free to ask any questions but luckily yeah. we do have an interview let us know where you're joining in from Mel is in the future so that's <laughs> super exciting um. yes hi it was fun getting the time change we were like wait is it now and we're like I'm like oops no I thought I did the time change correct so it's fun that you're in the future um and also where do you live um I'm in Australia in um Toowoomba okay cool I have not yes <laughs> it's quite high on my list I really want to get out there to visit me too. Oh, come on over. <laughs> come on over, everybody. Oh, right. Yeah, come to me because I definitely do really want to. Um, but thank you so much for joining us today, Mel, on this uh live. Um, connecting with other survivors and also just like hearing your story. So we're really excited that you want to share yours with us today. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited, but I'm nervous, but. My thing is um, I want to share my story because it went unrecognised for, like, a little while. Uh -huh. So I just want people aware that even though I'm only 38, well, I'm 39 now, but I'm only, I was only 38 when I had the stroke. Like, it's quite young. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't a little bit of introduction? don't mind so we can let all the people here know just a little bit about yourself and we can get into your story okay <laughs> um what do you want to know <laughs> so like I appreciate you sent us because me and Maddie had hemorrhagic yours was an ischemic so like you said you were 38 yeah. so where were you um when it happened like what did it feel like because I'm sure like you get people ask you like how did you know and I'm like oh like I you'll know it's different um so I first knew something was going on in February last year my hand was tingling so I made a doctor's appointment and they were like you probably have depression and I'm like how does a hand cause depression <laughs> so I went home I went home and I wasn't happy I was like I need to see another doctor he told me the same thing so 
it wasn't until I'd gone through that for like a few weeks of backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. And it wasn't until, oh, when was it? All my voice started going funny and I couldn't get words out and my husband was like, you need to go see a doctor. And I said, I have for weeks, but nobody's listening to me. Mm. And so my mother-in-law took me to a different doctor and he said, she's got high blood pressure, we'll give her some Voltar and send her home, she's fine. And she's like, I'm worried she's had an aneurysm. Something's not right. My daughter, mm. daughter-in-law is quite a good talker. She's oh. fine. <laughs> and I was nervous and crying because I knew something was wrong, but nobody was listening to me. And by then, when I found out, I'd actually had two of the strokes. And one was like a month earlier and then one was when I was laying in the hospital bed when they finally listened to me and said oh so it's not just a migraine you've actually had two strokes we're really sorry about that (laughs) oh yeah so yeah and then it was just weeks of or not weeks probably three weeks I was in hospital for and and they couldn't pardon affected you Pardon? How strokes affected you, if that? Um, So I can't read or write anymore. I use a lot of technology to voice my opinions and then hopefully it goes through because I'm still, I still have trouble reading. Like I can't read my name, Melissa. Like that is so hard to struggle with. Because I'm also a childcare worker, so it's very it's really hard. Frustrating. <laughs> I worked in special education, so I feel you on that when you're just like, oh, but it's just different. I can communicate. You're like, you can talk great, yeah. but reading, yeah. writing, but you're it's, doing amazing. Yeah. And you're also so <laughs> early out. Like when you are saying dates, I'm still just like, holy smokes. <laughs> I know. I'm very lucky that although the doctors and stuff didn't listen to me at first, that my family was listening to me. They were like, there is something wrong with you. And we don't mean that in a bad way, but (laughs) we can tell that there's something not off. So I, yeah, I was, I was going to work for a week when I'd had the second stroke and. Oh, so you were back in work. I like (laughs) No, I wasn't back in work. I hadn't even been diagnosed that I'd had the stroke yet and I was still working. The hand tingling. So your hand's tingling. They're saying it's just depression. But you're like, it's something not right. Okay. I'm like, my hand doesn't, like I'd lost, before that, I'd lost 38 kilos. I was like on a really good health journey. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, even when I've, found out about having the stroke I was like are you sure because yeah like I feel yeah. whatever but I'm in the best time of my life like what do you mean <laughs> so young definitely but I guess as all three of us know age doesn't necessarily matter no 
But I'm really glad you said that your husband advocated and your whole family knew that something was not right. And so they went to a different doctor. So now the doctors have finally recognized that you've had two strokes. So they kept you in the hospital for three weeks. And then did you go to like an after or like, where did you do rehab? Did you do physical therapy, OT, speech? Um, I'm doing rehab. I've just finished my rehab, but there, there's something else in Australia that, that I can't think of the name of, but (laughs) (laughs) another thing. um, that's where they're trying to get me in so that, um, I can continue my rehab because rehab over here is probably about six months and then you're on your own, so to speak. (laughs) It's so bad. So that's something I'm glad you're talking about. And I wanted to ask in other countries, I now talking to other survivors, I wish I would have advocated harder. Like they were like, you're good. You're good enough. And I just like took that. And so now talking to other people, like, so please keep fighting for it. And I mean, I think. Yeah. And then, um, sorry. (laughs) I'm not too familiar how it works over in Australia versus here. How does the rehab work? Like, are you given, you're given like a set amount of sessions that you can have, or is it until you reach like a specific stage of recovery that they're like, okay, you're good enough. You can go or. No, it's six months. That's it. What kind of progress? Regardless of how bad you are, um, what signs you've got. Like, I'm glad. I'm very grateful for where I am, even though I'm not where I want to be, but I'm here and I can talk. Good attitude. And yeah. (laughs) You mentioned it affected you with, especially with like the reading and the writing. How about like physically? Mm -hmm. Like I'm thinking mobility, walking your hand, anything. Oh, I can, I can walk. So when I first, one of the first moments that I realized that something wasn't right, Um, I went to get out of bed and I think that's when I had the second stroke. Um, I went to get out of bed and I I couldn't get up and I went, what the hell is wrong with me? Yeah, seriously. And I was like, come on, come on, you can do this. And I managed to get myself up and I got myself on the edge of the bed and I'm like, okay, come on. And then I fell to the ground so hard that my husband was like um alarmed yeah are you are you okay and I'm like yeah I'm okay and he was getting ready to take me to the hospital okay anyway and I was like no I'm fine now I'm like I could walk normally by then and he's like no I think you need to go to the hospital and I'm like they don't listen anyway because of all the doctor's appointments I'd had I was like no one's listening to me who cares (laughs) like that's where I'd put myself I was like whatever. And then the next day, like that morning, he was like, you sure you don't want to go to the hospital? And then that's when. Oh, so you just went back like, after that. I just went back to work and. Oh my gosh. Changing, changing nappies at daycare and things like that. Even though I knew that I wasn't like. Right. Well, I just yeah, kept pushing myself. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> And then when I sat back and went, oh, my God, I've I've been through all this stuff and I still did it. I still drove to work and I still did this and I yeah, well, did all the stuff. That's wild. That's what. 
Yeah, and then it wasn't until I was in hospital and <laughs> everybody that was work was like, oh, that's why Mel was changing the nappies on back the front and, like, I wasn't even changing nappies properly. <laughs> Yeah, so it's been a long journey, but I don't know if I would say that I'm, I'm proud of I'm proud of where I've come from and Absolutely. even though it's been crap and it's been shit, I've always pulled through. Such a beautiful <laughs> way to put it. Yeah, that's so such a great yeah. and whole experience, everything that you've gone through, that all of us have gone through as stroke survivors, like, it's just a huge testament to your resilience and the strength that you have, that you're able to come out on top from something like this and not let it destroy you. Like, I think maybe a lot of people yeah. might uh, yeah. see it that way. But, like, I don't know. How has mindset played a role? I'd be curious to hear you talk a little bit about that, Melissa, because I'm curious. You seem, like, very positive and, like, you know, looking on the bright side. I, I am most of the time. There are times where I have a meltdown in the back and <laughs> I'm whatever. But I have three kids as well and I have to think of them. Really? Like how are, they, how are they seeing me and if I hope they never have to experience this. But if they do, how would if they're if they're seeing me take it like this, maybe they'll take it that way too. I don't know if that makes sense, but it totally does to me. <laughs> it does make sense. But I also really love that you like acknowledge that like you still have a moment or two, but like you know that you have your kids to look forward to and just how you put it, having them see you, you don't want them, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I have a 20 I have a 20 year old I have a 17 year old and I have a two-year-old <laughs> oh wow you got the gambit <laughs> yeah all yeah all yeah um and then um I haven't talked about this yet but about was at the end of last year um I had two seizures as well which oh I have been, I found out since um, it's quite common if you've had strokes, sometimes you can have seizures as well. And I was like, nobody told me that. <laughs> so thank you for bringing that up. Again, that's something that I guess not everybody hears. So is it common? I mean, mm. common as in like, do you have them frequently since the stroke? Do you take medication? Um, I take medication and I don't like the medication because I find that it makes me cranky and I don't like that. I'm like, I have nothing to be cranky about. Why am I cranky? Why is this? What the hell? <laughs> um, but I've only had the two since I've had it um, and I haven't had any more, but they want to keep me on the medication. So makes sense. Once you're on it, I know. That's how it is. <laughs> like, do you, do you or do the doctors think, like, is there any specific trigger that made the seizures to come or it's kind of just like, who knows? Um, I'm guessing it's a bit of who knows because I was standing, I just got home from the gym and I was standing around um, joking with my son and 
my husband and the next thing I made some sort of weird thing and my son was like, what the heck? <laughs> and said, dad, come in here. <laughs> and he knew straight away because he's witnessed seizures before. Um, but seeing it, someone that you love is yeah, a little bit totally. different, I guess. I don't remember it at all, but um, yeah, it was, it was a lot for my husband and son at the time. So yeah. <laughs> and for, remind me, I think I may have missed this when you were saying earlier, when exactly did, did your strokes plural happen? <laughs> so by the time I'd been seen by the hospital, that was in April, about April 26th or something like that. But I started my um, last year. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I thought um, you were under the year. I started noticing, I started noticing um, my hand in February, the end of February. And they said that the first stroke was like at least a month old. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's quite a while. I was yeah. just trying to write for the people coming in so that they can. And they think that. <laughs> they think that this one was like a lot earlier when I started noticing my functioning and so stuff. That was probably two weeks before I was in hospital. So, but they oh, and I was still going. To <laughs> but it looks like a friend of yours, Woodlock Kylie, says, "Sorry to hear that you're not having a great run, Mel, and that I have not been in touch. We should organize a coffee date." Oh. I love that. Okay. <laughs> Friends and having a support system. I tell you, I think, um, and also though the reality of like, sadly, I did lose some friendships, but the people who stuck by my side, who continued to invite me to things, um, mine was more the depression and anxiety got me. So um, I don't know what anti-seizure meds they have you on, but I'm glad that you're not having any more. So that's great. Uh, but you know, yeah. I definitely say talk to your doctors, find out other things. You guys know how I feel about Kepra. I don't like it. So I'm just like, maybe there's something else. I'm never giving anybody medical advice because I'm just a mermaid, but I'm just saying you can like ask right. questions. So I love that you're advocating for yourself and especially your husband. I've heard more yeah. times than not that just when we say something's not right, but like probably the fact that he's like, this is not normal. This is not like her. And then other people your other parts of your family so um that's just yeah. wild um and having a two-year-old and then a 20-year-old that's yeah. um, he, he was he was um he was a um we didn't know we were gonna have him we thought way back when we had Tanisha the doctor said Mel, you can't have any more babies. And so he lied. <laughs> he was wrong. Oh, happy little surprise. But that is yeah. so beautiful yeah. because you have the baby. He was wrong, but I'm so, I'm so glad he's wrong. <laughs> um, how have you dealt with all of this? I'm curious. Pardon? How have, your, how have your children dealt with having happened? Um, so my 20 year old son, he's, um, 
he's been really good. He's he's really like I've lost my income and things like that because I'm still not back at work and um, he's really stepped up and helped Aaron out with like all the bills and like he stepped up when he didn't need to and, yeah, it's it's just really amazing when people come together and they don't feel like they have to mm-hmm. but they want to contribute anyway and yeah same with my daughter she's she's been there and helped out a little bit too so yeah it's it has changed the dynamic of our family it's if i feel like cuz i used to look after everybody else mm-hmm. now everybody's looking after me <laughs> but it's so good he's probably like but mom for 20 years you've taken such good care like let us give back a little bit and like if I could say anything to year one, Tawny would be like, chill more. Like you are still recovering and I know you won't like, it's so hard, but like, I'm really glad that he is stepping up and you're looking towards that positivity. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I do like to, I do like to um, see the positive. <laughs> yeah. So important. It, I get that sense. Yes. And I think that that's, so important and it sounds like you have a really great mindset and outlook on all of this and turning it into something more positive for you for your family and you know there's there's always right side to be seen if we just choose to look at it absolutely we're surviving and I think I've always I think I've always tried to look at the bright side like even when I was in hospital I'm like it's raining outside today. We haven't had rain for a while. Oh. So it it was a good thing. It was, yeah, even though that's all I could focus on at that time, it was a good thing to focus on. <laughs> it's so important and so crucial in recovery. I definitely noticed that. Um, and it was actually someone asked a question. So in those hard times, uh, I know you already touched on it a little bit and you said that you just think about your kids and you have a lot to, so it seems like you just immediately go kind of right to gratitude and just trying to maximize also being a good example. Like when you said that for them, I didn't know if you had any other uh, little tips for someone sometimes in those moments. Um, I think talking to people, if you're having a moment and talking to someone, because sitting in your own shitty story for too long. (laughs) Own shitty story. That's such a great way to put it. Such a great way to put it. Yes. Vent to a safe space. For a while. (laughs) And what else I was just thinking, you know, that saying where it's like that you're the sum of like, you know, however many people you, the people you spend the most time with, it's very true. That in my from experience, when you surround yourself with people who do have like more positive, like you know, happy, optimistic outlooks on life, it does unintentionally in a good way rub off on you. And like I've noticed that for myself, yeah. like when I am feeling down or like I'm not making progress or this sucks, and then I just start talking to like Tani or I talk to you know other survivors in the community. And we can all lift each other up. And I find that that helps me a lot, like putting myself out there, interacting with others who have had something similar to happen. Yes. Like- yeah, I've also found like a, a lot of um, 
stroke survivor groups are good to talk to too because I don't like Google because it can no. No, tell you things Google. that aren't really there. But like talking to someone that's been through the type, same type of stroke and you can relate to what they're going through, Even if I you- find that more handy than anything else. <laughs> I love um that connection. Um, SR Spud says I'm new to the community and then mm-hmm. Emily says great point. Having to be sitting in your own story is exhausting. I couldn't agree more. Getting perspective <laughs> always and like just sometimes like you said, venting to a safe space, like you know that they relate, they understand. And sometimes like honestly, what I've learned is listen. A lot of times I just like to vent. I don't want people to problem solve. And that's what I realized is early in my recovery, I would like complain about things and everybody would want to problem solve. And I was like, oh, could you just like let me just for a moment, just like vent about something and then like flip it to a positive. So uh, I love that you're already like, you're like already there. I feel like as a parent though, you've had to like navigate so many like emotions and feelings. So yeah, <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Um. So with recovery, I have learned to look after myself more. I um, like I was working five days a week, and I was working out five days a week, and I was doing all this stuff for other people. And then I was like, "Okay, you want me to stop? Well, you didn't have to do that to make me stop, but you know." That's how I feel. That's why he gave me the second address. And still to this day, they they don't know why I had the stroke. They just, they blame the gym, honestly. That's what it comes back to. I always ask, do you want comfort or do you want solutions? I like that a lot. I know. Maddie keeps going blurry in the knot, but it's okay. It's all good. No, it wasn't just you moving. I think like something with your Wi-Fi. I don't know. You, you, but it's cool. We still hear you mostly. Can you see me? Yeah. You were just like a little bit and it just like was, it's getting like. Oh no. <laughs> it's all good. Everyone. <laughs> but I know we try to keep these short and in the minds of taking care of yourself. Um, so if anybody has some last questions, but uh, we, you can always reach out in DM and yes. talk. If you want to come on, do a Survivor Sunday and do an interview with us, do, please send us DMs or just to chat, um, connect with all of us. Um, maybe, Mel, I'm wondering if you want to leave us with some last words. Um. I really think advocate for yourself and if you think something is not going right in your body, keep fighting the good fight until you get the answers that you want and deserve. Wow. That was beautiful. So good. I don't know where that came from, but that's amazing. It came through you. No, that was that just was everything we needed. Wow. <laughs> Spoken from survivors. Everyone, if you're just logging on now, I'm going to post this video. Please watch the replay. Um, Send us DMs if you want to be one of our guests.
uh, or just, you know, reach out, whatever. We're always here to chat. And if you prefer listening, we are uploading it. Um, so I will link the podcast. It will be on Apple and Spotify. So you guys can hear it if you want to slow it down. Podcast on Spotify. Um, but you can get <laughs> there too. So thank you, Melissa, so much for joining us today. Hope you have a good morning. Um, thank you for thank you for letting me um come and talk about everything that I thought I was gonna talk about. <laughs> it was so good. And if you have more, you can always write it, you know, in comment. And eventually me and Maddie will hopefully one day we'll get back around and do a follow-up, like how cool in a year to see where you're at in recovery wise. So cool. Um, yeah, well, I'm always up for that. <laughs> All right. Well, we look forward to following along your journey, Melissa. Um, hope everyone has a great yeah. week ahead. And yeah, happy yeah. Sun- happy Monday to you, I guess, Melissa. And everyone else. <laughs> Bye, guys, in the future. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. I'll see you later. <laughs> Aw. Okay. So, um... wanted to add a quick little note after the show that was so important to talk about the advocating for yourself. So her hand was tingly. That is usually always a neurological thing. I don't know why depression would make your hand tingly. Um, And also the point of, you know, she said she was having difficulty talking. It wasn't that she couldn't talk at all. So I'm not saying that you had an aneurysm or a stroke, but how many of us have some like body thing that you just keep being like, eh, whatever. It's better to just check. Okay. So keep advocating, find a different doctor. I am practicing what I'm preaching. And that means on Monday, we are going to be finding another new doctor because I don't like my neurologist out here. So stay tuned, follow along for the health updates. And seriously, if you guys want to share your story, even if you don't want to be on the live part, maybe you just want to do the podcast, please reach out to us, let us know, and look forward to surviving and thriving with you guys. Bye.